Hello everyone and welcome to This Dirt Life. How are you all doing this week? I am a little bit tired right now. It's early morning and got busy uh, schedule plans, so trying to get this done before for anything else. Um, but I'm super excited. Yesterday we went up to Beatty to scout out some of the trails for the women's retreat that's happening next week. I cannot believe it's next weekend. So we've got a couple spaces left. If you want to sign up, go ahead and go to fueltalk.co, go to events, and then you can find all the details you need there. Um, so pretty excited about that. However, this weekend I was so excited to record this interview. Um, this week's interview is with Rose Grant, who is four-time national marathon champion in mountain biking and the 2016 epic ride series winner she's an incredible athlete and so strong across across the mountain biking discipline so um i was so excited to to speak with her and, and get some insight from her as well um I think my brain is not fully switched on. The coffee's not quite hit me yet. So instead of babbling on for a bit longer, I'll just let you get on with the podcast. So uh, please welcome to This Start Life, Rose Grant. Hi. Hey, Lisa. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm good, thank you. Great to finally connect with you. I know. I'm glad this works. Yes, me too. How is the weather up there with you right now? Um, it's starting to cooperate here and there. Good. We're getting some rain and mixed snow, but it's, yeah. I mean, it's definitely changed. It's warming up and yeah. 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 A mess. Yeah. That's gotta be tough for sure. Like, I mean, it looks like you got a lot of cross country skiing and stuff in. I think a lot of people in like the snowier places, that's how they get their winter training in, but I mean, now that it's like spring, we kind of hope for less snow. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to get some volume in, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes for a long winter, but yeah. Um, I mean, I just kind of grit it out indoors and then yeah. not not be too particular about taking my daughter skiing and right. just okay. like still doing things and not yeah. being overly like compulsive about recovery. So yeah. Yeah, I actually kind of enjoyed the winter this yeah. year. I mean, it was fun. You just kind of have to deal with it and like For enjoy sure. the short days and the darkness and the fire and all of that because it gets so crazy in the summer and the days are, are it's light forever. And yeah, yep. so, That's yeah, like so it's actually a good kind of a good season in a way. Yeah, um, and it's nice. I know like, um. Well, now I live here in Vegas and we definitely do get like kind of like the shorter and longer days at times. But growing up in Scotland, I think it was a lot more similar to like Montana because it's like light forever in the summertime, but then it's dark yeah. all the time in winter. And and yeah. so it's such an extreme. So when you start to get the, the lighter nights coming again, it's always really nice for sure. Yeah. So are you born and raised in Montana? Um. So I was born in in California actually oh but I consider myself a Montana native anyways yeah I, my family moved to Montana when I was nine and the dogs so, in the background sorry yeah yeah they're cute <laughs> oh my gosh guys <laughs> yeah so I was nine um and yeah so when my parents moved the family 
to Montana. Okay. So most of what I remember and yeah, the, the yeah, when I was being established, like everything in my life that was kind right. of, yeah. So I, I consider myself a native anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so growing up, did you do any other sports and stuff then or? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in the little town of Darby, which, um, I don't know, like, feel like there's not a ton of opportunity there for mountain biking specifically or really other sports to get plugged in enough to be able to have the support to to take them to the next level yeah um, I always played like softball and soccer and yeah I was really involved in 4-H and I did some martial arts and just you know like had a normal kid activities and I mean, it was always athletic and I yeah. liked that my dad always had us in the mountains, like skiing and yeah. um, backpacking. And so you weren't fishing. then like particularly competitive growing up? No, I mean, I, I mean, I, by nature, yes. Yeah. But like but, you weren't in like a, you know, like no. on like the football team or soccer team or whatever and things like that. So no. how did you, so how did you go from that to national marathon champion and multiple champion <laughs> well um yeah it's kind of an interesting story I I mean never really considered even the opportunity to be a professional athlete I yeah. enjoyed being active and set my personal goals to yeah. challenge myself but hold on I'm gonna kick these dogs out because they're come on help oh. I'm sorry the last time yep. they were here, they were so good and they slept, but for whatever reason today, they're just fighting. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so, all right. I have two little girls downstairs watching a movie, so hopefully oh. you can't hear <laughs> the feedback from the movie. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, so I mean, I, I just enjoyed being active and enjoyed like long runs and mm -hmm. um, especially as I got into college and um, graduating college I, I I did ride mountain bikes a little bit in high school but okay. really just recreationally yeah you know not having any sort of teams or right really very few I have one like girlfriend who um, we're still very close but we would ride mountain bikes like all through the forest service road okay um just for fun yeah and we we're probably like 50 14 or 15 and I did like a couple tiny little races okay and um did really like I won them oh wow as a, a beginner you know like okay. a 15 year old beginner uh-huh um and just was like oh there's just no other good girls there and uh and so yeah as I got older and went to college I still played intramural sports and mm -hmm. um but just really I don't know and then after I graduated I I did, I did do a couple marathons and was always working to like try to find a plan mm -hmm. that I could stick to, to try mm -hmm. to get faster and improve, mm -hmm. you know, so I was, I was competitive. Yeah. Never really had direction to, um, like pursue it to any other level. So when I moved, my, my husband and I moved back to Montana cause I went to college out of state and okay. he's from Maine. So, um, there was like, there was like a while, like 10 years probably, that I really didn't ride my bike at all. And okay. uh, so when we moved back to Montana, it was in 2007, and I was running a lot, but just continued to have 
um, overuse injuries. Okay. And so I started riding again, mm -hmm. you know, this is the same mountain bike that I had hung up, you know, when I was 17. <laughs> um, so it was like ancient, but yeah. I again and doing a couple races um, where I live now is in Kalispell or Whitefish. And there's just a lot more like-minded outdoors enthusiasts up here yeah. and um, more races and that scene is a little bit more developed. And um, so just through some of those local races, I was invited to ride for a shop team. And then that just opened my world to like this whole, I mean, plethora of opportunities. And yeah, um, that was in 2011 was my first year riding for the Sportsman Ski House. And um, as an amateur, like an age group amateur. Yeah. And um, I just realized like, I guess there was talent there. Like there was yeah. definitely talent there Yep. because it came pretty easy. Mm -hmm. um, and so as an age grouper, I went to nationals for XC and marathon and um, I won both my races and um, was kind of all the races I did regionally. I won all my races regionally. And so it was just the next step to upgrade for the next season. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, in a way it kind of came to me. Yeah. Um, Felt like I kind of like found my niche and my calling. Like, yeah, oh, like this is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's completely like those first few years were completely unsupported, and so, um, you know, I felt like it was an investment for whatever reason. Like this was given to me as my gift, and I'm right. just gonna walk through these open doors and pursue it. And yeah, um, you know, just consider like getting myself to those races and. Yep. making it all work um yeah like an investment for the future and yeah I mean definitely that's paid off yeah and so do you think coming into it like a little bit later I mean you said you were always still exercising and running a lot like that that had to play a huge part in just like building like a solid aerobic foundation to then be able to build off of you know for for mountain biking um and I think because I, I wonder, like, looking at, like, our current, looking at the current um, women who are leading in, in, um, in like, our mountain bike World Cups and stuff, I mean, you've got, like, Sabine Spitz, who's, like, what, 40, 46, I think, and you have, like, some, like, much, like, typically older competitive women, and I think that the longevity of them is, I don't know. I don't know if it's like just coming to the sport a little bit later and then being just being so strong and having such a huge engine makes your career a lot longer because, you know, that was 2012 and now it's like 2018 and you're still like crushing it and just getting stronger and stronger. Do you think like, is that how you feel as well? Or do you feel like it's a lot more work than that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think probably it's different for everyone yeah. and you, and it's a hard life to maintain. I think the people that are kind of raised up in the sport and come up as juniors yeah, and they pursue an elite career. I mean, I think those athletes that continue into their forties yeah. is probably like, I mean, I would only assume it to be more rare. Yeah. <laughs> There's start earlier and end earlier. You start later and end earlier. Uh, right. And later. So True, I'm not yeah. really sure, but I, I mean, it's pretty impressive, you know, what the young, young, young girls are able to do. And then also what the, the women who are in their mid forties are able to do. Absolutely. Oh, so it's encouraging for me. I'm kind of right in the middle. I'm 35 and 
I started when I was 27. So, um, yeah, it yeah. gives me hope that it's not quite over yet. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And, um, and so you have like national marathon champion. Is that the distance that you love or do you, do you kind of like them both? But, but what's, what's um, your take on that versus your XC racing? Yeah. Marathon is my preference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, um, genetically, mm-hmm. um, my body does a lot, like it just is kind of geared for those longer distances and just being yeah. able to a pretty solid pace for a longer duration of time. But, yeah. um, tuning it up to be able to do those high, um, effort XC efforts is, um, Definitely not what it loves, but you can yeah. train it to do anything. So it just takes more work. Yeah. Um, and then once you get there and you're kind of adjusted and accustomed to that type of explosive effort, it's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely been my experience. Like, I don't know. Um, I think jumping up to like the pro category. I kind of like was like, oh, I wasn't working hard at all before because like now I've been redlining for like an hour and a half and somehow I'm still going, but not very well. But I've never like trained at this heart rate or trained at this intensity. And that was quite a shock to the system. I think then I, I, I do I do wonder if people really understand like the level of intensity that these these races are held at like I mean when you watch a world cup race like on television or whatever it all looks so effortless but yeah the reality of it it's it's not like I mean I've never raced a world cup race but um but maybe you can share from experience in that kind of in that kind of field like it's just it's as I say like kind of redlining from the start so yeah it's amazing I feel like you kind of um, well, Chloe kind of told me it's like a sandwich, um, like short track sandwich is how she says it, but you yeah. can put it into XC2 for a race where you start super hot. Yeah. And just like that st- race start is just a VO2 max effort basically. And then, you know, a, a lap or two in at some point you kind of have to settle in and recover from that. Right. And then, you know, give it another like full gas push at the fit, like last lap. Yeah. Um, yep. When you really have nothing left. Yeah. And so it's extremely explosive. And yeah, I mean, just being able to accomplish training that's um, similar to a race scenario is nearly impossible because it's so hard. Yeah. So. And yeah, I- in an hour and a half is just like <laughs> to go any longer is yeah, it's like you're just done. Right. And it's not like you're, I mean, it's not like you're going too much slower though, even at the marathon distance, right? Yeah, not too much. Um, you're more at like threshold or just sub threshold for, for a lot of it. Yeah. Rather than being, you know, at, at threshold or um, like more of an FTP effort. Yeah. So. And so you mentioned um, you mentioned Chloe there. So you've been with the Stan's Pivot team or the Pivot team for how long now? So this I'm going into my third. So 2018 is my third year. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's been really great. And yeah, um, the year before that, I rode on the world for the women's Stan's team, the okay. their, the pink team. So 
I've been with Stans for this is my fourth year. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I have excellent support, and yeah. the team has just really helped to eliminate a lot of like stress with logistics and you know all those things that are you know contribute to the stress of bracing for <laughs> a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just having a lot of that taken care of, and yeah, um, and yeah, it's it like allows yeah. you to focus. It seems like you have quite a close-knit team as well, like at the training camps, and you obviously have a good relationship with Chloe, and and everything seems very, you know, you're all working together as a team, which I think is, it's it's really nice to see, um, and it's also, I think it's good to to look at from the point of view that you know mountain biking is really such an individual sport, like it's not like, you know someone's going to set you up for the layup and in the race, you know, you, you're still going out and racing your own race, but, um, how did that change how you like approached races, like going from that individual, um, like kind of place to now being on a team and having that support. Did you, did it change the way you raced at all or? Well, I mean, I went from really knowing nothing and just showing up completely unprepared, probably is mm-hmm. being as prepared as I could. Yeah. But really, I think I got pretty lucky, like just finding someone to give me bottles and yeah. doing it on my own. Um, but yeah, being on a team where you're supported, um, it is, you know, your race effort is largely individual and just, but um, the support is huge. Yeah. You know? alone you know you feel like you know you you oftentimes like you know we'll be riding near each other or with each other out on track and you know she'll Chloe will try to help me as much as she can or yeah you know yeah um, try to pull me or kind of like she's really good tactically so like just kind of like you know give me some signals to kind of yeah. like tell me to chill out or yeah you know get on a wheel or so I mean, we're not like ruthlessly at each other's throats when we're out there. Like she, like we still try to work together. Yeah. So that's cool too. And just, I mean, more than anything, it is individual, but you have the support of someone else. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the team on the sidelines too. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and then obviously your family as well. You have Layla, who is how old now? She just turned five. Just turned five. So that's yeah. gotta be so tough as well. Like juggling being being a mother, being part of this family, and then also being like such a high level athlete. Like how do you how do you manage that? I'm looking back, I think it's funny, I kind of giggle because at the time it's like you just do it. You don't right. even think about it. And for me looking back, I'm like, I don't know how I did that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> travel around with an infant yeah like it's almost like ignorance is bliss type thing like you just kind of I think so you do it because there's no other option right and for sure I I mean I I did have support from family so you know we always just made it work and yeah um and as Layla's gotten older it's gotten easier in some ways and then harder in some ways too where she's becoming more involved with her activities and, um, you know, school. And I, I did homeschool program for this winter, just a K4 program. And I'm going to continue doing like a little homeschool program with her next year. So, I mean, just that side of things has gotten 
more challenging, but, you know, she's very independent and she can play, um, you know, really well independently and um, enjoy daycare and, you know, so things like that. I have a lot of help. Um, yeah. But it's awesome. I just, I don't think that without my family and having her and my husband that I would be as fulfilled in racing as mm -hmm. I am. And I think if I, you know, have my family without the racing, I would feel like I was missing something there too. Yeah. And so it is really hard, but it's also like very fulfilling and yeah. feel like, I mean, it's just worth every effort. You never yeah. regret having kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're and not so, easy, but they're awesome. So what is it that, um, what do you feel is your, your driving factors right now? Or do you have, do you have big goals set for 2018 or, or what are your goals and driving factors? You know, this winter, um, I, I have, I, I think in the past I always, had been in recovering from knee surgery um, mm -hmm. the winter before just was really very tunnel vision and just so focused on my goals for racing and getting strong and, you know, getting mm -hmm. better. And mm -hmm. So, and that, I mean, obviously paid off and um, had a really great season last summer, just under shy of a year off of that um, ACL surgery. And, yeah. um, so, you know, it's like that season was meant for that, just like really focusing and like having that tunnel vision and just all those hours just being kind of solo and mm -hmm. really just spending the time that I needed to do my rehab. And, mm -hmm. um, and then this, this year I felt like definitely was different where I was very faithful to the process of training and felt like that was, you know, my responsibility, mm -hmm. but also just to take like a broader focus on mm -hmm. life and relationships and just really worked on, um, nurturing those. Yeah. Um, and not being nearly as tunnel vision. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a different off season for me, yeah. um, because I definitely am very passionate about racing Yeah, and, um, have stayed very faithful to my training. Um, but it's, I'm really working hard to see the broader picture and like the long term mm -hmm. and making sure that like my foundation aside from racing is super solid. Yeah. Um, my relationship with God and my husband and my family mm -hmm. and that racing will fall into place. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have, I mean, yeah, I have, I do have goals I'd like to see, but first and foremost, my biggest goal is just to stay faithful to like just the journey, um, yeah. as a whole. And that includes, you know, my responsibilities as a mom and, yeah. wife. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, I have a huge responsibility to my team and to myself to be the best I can at on yeah, as a professional athlete as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, I just have faith that if my foundation is solid, then everything else will. Everything else, yeah, to place as well. Just kind of having that good balance of 
of life. Yeah, I mean, racing. you can be like so gung ho about racing that the rest of your life ends up just like right falling apart. And if you're right. not healthy mentally or emotionally, you can't be healthy physically. Right. But if you're healthy physically, then um, or but if you're healthy emotionally, mentally, then mm -hmm. it's way easier to be healthy physically as well. For sure. Um, on race day, you always look so focused. Do you have like a, do you have a, um, something that you keep in your mind to help to get any of that outside noise, get rid of that outside noise or any tips or tricks for, for newcomers coming into racing? Cause I know starting, standing on that line, there's a gazillion things going through your head. And so, yeah, <laughs> and maybe yeah, the fake it till you make scary. it type thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, yeah, it can be very intimidating and very scary and like really difficult to control that nervous energy. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I have my playlist that at some point, hopefully have an opportunity just to put earbuds in or headphones on and just, yeah, whether it's, you know, on your warm up or prior to um, starting your warm up, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I mean, I, as a believer, like, I just really pray a lot and mm -hmm. try to have like, just put my faith in the Lord that like, whatever happens, I can't control it and going to do my best and that he'll bless the rest of it. And <laughs> just control um, the controllables and have faith. The rest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do become ultra focused a lot of times. In, I mean, it's just like uncontrollable yeah too. like that start line like solemnness it's like oh I have to really work hard to like you know yeah. other people be chatting and laugh. yeah so I've had like over time it comes a little bit more I guess a little bit easier yeah but yeah I still have to be like try not to be too somber because yeah it's just like <laughs> man I got that countdown holy cow <laughs> Yeah, you know, your heart rate's, like, already way right. up high before you even go. Right, right. So it is really hard, yeah. Yeah. Do you um, do you have a favorite race or a race that you look forward to every year? Well, Missoula's always special to me just because it's not my hometown, but it's the closest that I get to my hometown race. Right. Um, so I... There's that one, and then the Whiskey Off-Road, too. Um, I think maybe just because that's one of the races for me that I've been doing the longest. Okay. Um, here. And um, and I, I really do like the course. Yeah. Um, Are you heading back out there this year? Yep. I'll be doing all the Off-Road series this cool. year. Yeah. And so have you... Now, I haven't done the Off-Road before, but... Um, I've heard that there's a there's a change at the end. There's less road and more single track towards the end. Do you like yeah. that change, or or how do you feel about that? Oh, I'm sure it'll be good. I haven't pre-written it yet. Okay, um, but hopefully I'll be able to um, the week before um, mm -hmm. or the yeah right before the race when I go out. I'll just check it out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, hopefully I like it. I I guess everyone has to do it. So mm -hmm. regardless, you know, you, you do what you have to do. And yeah, um, I do think I did hear as well. They eliminated Cramp Hill, which is this agonizing climb and it doesn't last very long, but for whatever reason, it almost 
I mean, I've never raced it without cramping and really most everyone does. Oh gosh. For a reason. So I've heard that's eliminated. So I'm, I'm thinking I'll probably like it a little better. Yeah. (laughs) That should be good then. (laughs) It should be. And then this year, I know last year, the, the Carson city, um, you know, the, the first couple options of races were snowed out. So maybe this year we have, I mean, now it seems like all of a sudden there's snow hitting the West Coast. So I don't know if they'll have trouble now, but it looks like um, hopefully we'll get like a, a more true course to what they've been trying to put on. Um, do you have like a favorite or, I mean, have you raced, are you also going to be going out to Arkansas to race the, the last one in the series, their new race? I, yep, I will be. Awesome. Yeah, we'll get them all, hopefully. That'll be good. Do you have one that you're looking forward to the most? Maybe the whiskey because it's your bread and butter, or do you think one of the other ones? Um, well, the whiskey is predictable for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, every time you're returning to a, a event, um, it's a little bit, you just feel a little bit more comfortable having already mm-hmm. raced it at one point, even if there's slight changes in the weather or in the course. Right. Um, but when you show up at a new race venue, there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. And, um, you know, can create a little fear, I think. And uh, this year I have the opportunity to go race the Pan American Championships in Columbia. Oh, wow. And it's the first year that I've been to the Pan Ams. Um, and I wasn't really, it wasn't really on my radar consider going. It kind of was a door that opened. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a friend that, she told me, asked me, because I was kind of sharing with her, like, you know, do I race Fontana or do I go and, and race Pan Ams? And she said, well, does it scare you? And I said, well, yeah, I mean, a little bit. It's a long travel, you know, at the beginning of a big race block. And, yeah, um, you know, Fontana is a great race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this year. And she said, you know, well, um, you know, she said, if, if it scares you, you know, that's that might just be where you you're supposed to be. Right. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so I am really looking forward to that. And when is that? Um, that is April 7th. That weekend, the same weekend as Fontana for us. Oh, wow. So it's really coming up yeah. then fast. Yeah. It's my next race. Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then having the, 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 last epic rides race in arkansas will also be you know another unknown and then right. a lot on the line there with payout increase and um it'll should be well attended so yeah, yeah it'll be a really awesome way to um not end the season completely but right. have another late season race yeah um yeah so i don't know i mean the season's just jam-packed and yeah, yeah there's a lot of goals you need to kind of pick out your A races and there's just a couple like being nationals and world championships. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the other races you want, to, I want them all to be A races, but right. You know, right. Kind of plan accordingly. And absolutely. Um, yeah. And last year, unfortunately at the beginning you had a shoulder injury. So then we saw you every race with the, the shoulder, um, the, uh, strap strapping for your, for your yeah. shoulder. How is that feeling? Do you think that you're going to continue to wear that just kind of as a precautionary yeah. thing or? It's doing better. Just 
I mean, shoulder dislocations are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pretty diligent about my rehab for it, which mm-hmm. have, has strengthened it a lot. It's definitely improved significantly. But I mean, I'm, you know, I, I guess I'm a little fearful just knowing that those ligaments are forever damaged. And yeah. regardless of how strong your muscles are, if right. strong enough, I mean, it's just not enough to hold it in. Like, yeah. So having the brace on it, it's kind of a, just gives you a little feeling of security. Absolutely. It's nice. Um, but we'll see if I can have it taped, then that kind of gives it the same sensation for sure. So yeah, yeah. I hope I don't have to wear it. Yeah. Yeah. It covers up my pretty, my pretty sponsored logos on my jerseys. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, did it was it restrictive at all? Because I know it came across the chest and round. Yeah, you know it was pretty tight and pretty hot because it was made out of neoprene. Yeah, but um, I was actually like I I I was fine racing. I didn't think about it much. Yeah, but I took it off when I take it off. It was just drenched, you know. Really, so <laughs> like all that sweat's just like underneath it. Dripping out. Yeah. yeah. Nasty. Poor Kenny. Yeah. He had to deal with that often after races. <laughs> and let's make sure I ask you everything. So will you also be heading to the marathon champs in Arkansas? So really sadly, oh. I am not racing marathon nationals this year. Oh. Yeah. It's really bittersweet, but yeah. um, I'm going to pursue racing a few more world cups. Then oh, wow. I've had the opportunity to in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, I've won marathon nationals for four years in a row. And so I'm going to let that go for now. Okay. And um, just, I guess, work for some bigger goals. Yeah. And try to, yeah, just be able to get a little more international racing experience. Mm-hmm. So. So you're you're going to head to a couple of the World Cup races then? Yeah, so I'm going to try to do um, World Cups four through seven. Okay. So, yeah, um, and World Championships and, yeah, let that go. I'll just be home that weekend too, so it's even harder. But, yeah, maximize my time at home and then just really, like, focus on a little bigger challenge. Yeah, that's really, that really is like a testament to you. And, um, and I guess like your coaches or your coach as well, just like being able to do both, um, as I say, both distances at ha- such a high level. Like I feel that like, I don't know, you know, like personally, like right now I'm like, okay, I can either do one really good or the other really good. Like I'm not at the stage yet where I can do both really good. Like, um, do you feel that like that's something that you've developed over the years, being able to kind of switch between them both or, um, yeah, I do think it's largely experience mm-hmm. and focusing on, I mean, cause I think all of us naturally are probably better at one or the other. Yeah. So to be good at both equally, I mean, you really have to focus on the one that you're less, um, good yeah. at just genetically for sure and so yeah I mean I really focused have really had to develop that high intensity cross-country and short track efforts Mm -hmm. and 
um, you know, I think that's just another like place of like kind of pushing yourself into mm-hmm. not always doing what's comfortable, but yep, um, kind of pushing that comfort zone and you know, just kind of staying vulnerable to to that and yeah. And with the um, like watching the first World Cup race, like the the course in um, in uh, South Africa, like the course seemed pretty technical. Like um, yeah. the courses out in the World Cup, like how do you, um, what do you do in preparation for that? Like, do you spend time? Like, I don't know if there's any skills parks or or how do you get like experience and and the confidence in those really technical terrain areas. Yeah, I mean, you go to those races and oftentimes, like, you don't see those types of features, you know, outside of racing a course like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't practice, you know, jumping and things like that often enough um, during training. Um, You know, I mean, it it requires a lot. It requires Mm -hmm. a lot of mental focus. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's an area that I personally, like, really need and want to just have help with but yeah um, because it's it's they're big and yeah um, it takes a lot of skill and so um yeah it's a different I mean you kind of have to show up prepared and just mentally more than anything yeah and then also know how to approach the course when you're doing your training and prepping for the race Mm-hmm. you know, your pre-ride, um, you know, kind of getting, I think getting better at your training times. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you can waste so much time just watching people ride these features or crashing on these features, but right. you now you end up like just standing in one place for way too right. long. And okay. I'm still, you know, I'm still kind of fine tuning that process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find for myself going out on a track by myself, is the best scenario or even walking a track first and just kind of letting it sink in because normally the first day is always seems the most intimidating and then you go back the second day and it's so much better right and the third day is even more better yeah so by the time you get to the race it's not nearly as scary and you're racing, so you're not really thinking. Right. <laughs> you're just kind of doing. Yeah. And so, yeah. So there's a there's definitely like a method to the madness, too, yeah. I think, when it comes to those World Cup courses. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, the last thing I kind of wanted to talk briefly about was uh, was nutrition and food prep. I know that you use your team, like, seems to use the medjool dates and everything. <laughs> Yeah, such a good, like, I mean, they've got to be good. They're easy to travel with. They're easy to cook with a good sugar replacement. Has that been fun? Just like experimenting with more or have you always been a a chef or I don't know what you call it. I mean, I've always been a foodie for sure. Really? (laughs) We were raised like on, you know, garden food and yeah, like my dad and brothers have always hunted and now my husband hunts. So yeah, like a lot of our food really is like pretty organic and yeah, food from the earth. And um, so Do you enjoy like the preparation of trying new things and switching out. Stuff? Yeah. So having natural delights as a new team sponsor has been really 
exciting for me because yeah. like they're such a specialty item that I haven't bought them very frequently in the past. Yeah. But I'm having a blast with them. Yeah. Um, just they're in a lot of the recipes that I, you know, have always like kind of wanted to use and a lot, like a couple of the blogs, like the food blogs that I follow mm-hmm. use a lot of dates as mm-hmm. yeah, the, the sugar swap recipes and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so now I have kind of, you know, I have access to, to Medjool dates. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're awesome from so many different things. But I really do enjoy baking and cooking and just mm-hmm. um, putting, you know, thought and effort into um, the food that I eat. And mm-hmm. I get busy, too, and kind of frantic and don't have time to prepare yeah. food. And then I just feel like, yeah, nothing is in order. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I do like it. Um, you know, awesome. it takes a lot of time and a lot of planning, but it's definitely worth it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, my family likes it, too. So. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. All these, like, delicious baked treats all of a sudden. Yeah. Ah, that's got to be and good. And I say, oh, it's like eating a bowl of oatmeal, but, you know, with a few chocolate chips, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same. It's breakfast. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. That's awesome. And I get, sorry, last question now. Um, so up in Montana, I know that in certain areas you have to be, you mentioned that your family are hunter, they hunt. Um, and I know that there's a lot of wildlife that you need to be careful of. Like, do you have to take any, I mean, on big rides, if you're going out alone, do you have to take any special precaution? Like, do you carry bear spray or? Yeah, actually, um, for one thing, like I kind of quit going too far out. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to leave like places where I would frequently, like I'm just not going to go somewhere where I'm going to be overly isolated Yeah. or without cell phone service. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just quit doing rides like that. And if I'm going to be by myself and, um, and yeah, you know, I do carry bear spray and it's kind of crazy, but like, just not far up behind our house, like between here, my house and, um, our ski resort, there's like a back way to, to ride to the village. And Mm -hmm. it's it's a great climb. It's a great road climb, but there's been like a lot of bear activity and grizzly, like we have grizzlies, mainly grizzly bears and oh my gosh, um, mountain lions too. But, um, yeah, just like these bear encounters that, yeah, I mean, I sometimes I kind of feel like a tourist having bear spray in my water bottle. Can, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm not taking any chances. No. Like, yeah. And when you say like, something. when you say you quit doing rides like that, would you like, because I think sometimes recently I had a bad, ex- I, and I've never had bad experiences with like shooters out in the desert, but recently I just, I did have one. And because, like, out here in the desert, like, people go out really far out to go practice, like, target practice and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, for the most part, like, you wave and they wave back and you make sure you've seen each other and stuff and everything's fine. Um, but I think recently I've been like, mm, I don't know if I, like, I haven't had self-service for a while and I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like, I'm not near any roads and things. So I think, like... I don't know if it's just like initially you're like full of just this, just like adventurous spirit and you just want to be in the middle of nowhere. Like, was it recently that you kind of quit doing stuff like that? Or do you think it was more kind of coming into maybe motherhood or, or did you have a bad experience? 
Yeah, I never had a bad experience. I had sightings of um, wolves and mountain lions and moose and, you know, oh, wow. like several mountains, but nothing ever like attacked me or anything. But yeah, the older I get, I think also I get more cautious and yeah. um, motherhood too. Yeah. Like, I definitely want to be around to raise my daughter. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, if I'm going to be a victim to something I don't want it to be out of complacency or right um you know just not yeah I, I want to be ignorance prepared. of it or whatever yeah yeah I want to be prepared and I don't want to make just be you know frivolous and make bad choices right right so, yeah awesome do you have uh um do you have a ride that you like to do like a just a go-to ride or like if you're just having like a bad time or a stressful day or, or, you know, things haven't been going right. Do you, is there a place or anything that you like to ride to, to kind of unwind and offload? Where, where we live, um, I have a, a ride that I can do out my back door. The ride I was telling you about that yeah. takes you to the, to the, our ski resort and yeah. then to the summit of the ski resort. Um, if I could kind of just, do a long climb. I think that, I don't know. I just kind of get in my groove and I just yeah. start pedaling. And, um, I would say out of convenience and just kind of staying close to everything, but yeah. having just an amazing ride with incredible views. Right. Like that's probably my go-to ride. Yeah. Um, and I don't have to drive anywhere. So right. That's always nice. That. Yeah. yeah. It's like dirt roads up to the village and then from the village, the mountains full of trails. So it's an awesome place to train and live and ride. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. You're definitely selling Montana. <laughs> uh, I don't have to. It's for yeah. itself. <laughs> I know. I was out there last year and um, yeah. I was like, man, I feel like they took like all the trees that Nevada is lacking, they're here in Montana. Like that's where all the trees are. Like, yeah, it was like so beautiful and just such a, Oh, it was a crazy beautiful place to be. I enjoyed being there for sure. So yeah. I like it there. <laughs> well, if you come back, you have to spend a couple extra days and I'll show you around Glacier Park and stuff. Oh yes. I would absolutely love that. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I won't, won't take any more of your time. I know you've got the girls downstairs. and <laughs> Thanks but, for your time. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, thank you so much for chatting. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, quick reminder, we also have our New Kid on the Block event this weekend, um, Saturday, 31st of March, for all beginner cyclists. Um. That will be at Las Vegas Cyclery from 11 o'clock. Um, otherwise, I'll see you all next time. And in the meantime, stay dirty, my friends. <laughs>